I went to their offices. I did multiple planning sessions, you know, give that free advice, go into the final meeting, get a conceptual agreement. I sent over the proposal. I get ghosted. And I'm saying never again. And I had worked on that proposal with my other business coach. I worked on it with my accountability partners to take a look at it. So I put a lot of time into drafting that proposal to make sure it was good. And when they ghosted me, I was like, never again. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. A big challenge for so many entrepreneurs I run into is that they love to learn and they love to think and they have a harder time actually putting things into action. Well, that is not the challenge of my guest today. I'm excited to introduce you to Iron Mike Stedman, the owner of Ironbound Media, a brand strategist firm serving veteran-owned small business owners. I could tell when I first met Mike that he was going to be a doer because in addition to owning Ironbound Media, He also runs a nationally recognized nonprofit organization in Newark, New Jersey called Ironbound Boxing that provides free amateur boxing training, entrepreneur education, and employment opportunities to local youth and young adults. He was also in the process of and has since published his first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step Into Greatness. And finally, in addition to running his business and this nonprofit and publishing his book, Mike is also a small business coach with the Lion's Pride, an invite-only cohort focused on badass small business owners, many of whom are military veterans. How does he have the stamina to do all of this? It probably has something to do with his background in the Marine Corps, which he left in 2015. Mike's mission to help local youth veterans in the next stage of their career, and Black entrepreneurs is so clear, and his enthusiasm and energy with which he does it is so palpable. It's hard not to want to hang around to this guy, which is why I wanted to have him on the show. So without further ado, here is my interview with Iron Mike Stedman. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Pia? Honored to be here. Mike, I am so excited to talk to you today. Um, Can you do me a favor first and just introduce yourself and tell us about your business, and also the other 20 things (laughs) that you do. First, tell us your business, and then tell us the other 20 things. I will. So I'm the founder of Ironbound Boxing. We're a nonprofit organization here in Newark that provides free amateur boxing training, entrepreneurial education, and employment opportunities to Newark youth and young adults. Um, That's how I actually became an entrepreneur. Ended up launching a media company really focused on brand strategy and podcast production for veteran-led brands. I was a military veteran. Afghanistan, Japan, and the Philippines, served in the Marines, uh, was a three-time national boxing champ, two-time most viable boxer, captain of my boxing team. So that's where you kind of see that boxing background. And uh, I launched Ironbound Media during the pandemic, you know, just as a way to kind of pay my bills. And then I got really good at producing podcasts and I wanted to step my game up, get into brand strategy, and just really built my own little ecosystem serving the veteran uh, entrepreneurial community. You have a lot going on, Mike, and one of those things is building this branding agency where you're helping grow small businesses and with a particular focus on podcasts. Is that right? That's correct. All right. So let's 
talk about that business because that's primarily where I have been working with you and you've done so much uh, since we started working together. But take us back uh, to last year. I think we started working together last May or June. What was going on in the business before we started working together? A couple of things. You know, I talk about these five stages of small business growth. So it's validate stage one, sales, try to get that recurring revenue. Then you start building the foundation of the team. Then you expand and you multiply when you think of traditional small businesses and scaling and growth, right? Well, when I first launched Ironbound Media in the pandemic, I was profitable out the gate. And then at a certain point, it was just me editing all the audio. I brought on, an, I had an audio engineer. Then I brought on a virtual assistant. And I even tried to bring in some process consultants. But when I did that, the problem was I stopped doing lead gen. And the reason I stopped doing lead gen because in my growth phase, the first time, stuff was breaking. You know what I mean? Like, you're just feeling this pressure. I was like, all right, I got to get some help. I got to, you know, bring some stuff in. I'm going to stop generating leads and I'm just going to focus on our systems and processes. Well, that was a bad idea because it just put more work on my plate. And I end up having to scrap them, end up launching the Dog Whistle Brandon podcast to get lead gen going. And basically, I got back to where I was, where I was on the tail end of, you know, I've got clients coming in, stuff's breaking. But I still didn't have the predictable revenue that I wanted at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And what led me to you was this. There's a local venture capital firm okay. in Newark, and they reached out to me to help them with some branding stuff. And I sold them on a podcast, right? So I went to their offices. I did multiple planning sessions. You know, all the stuff that you're not supposed to do, you know, give that free advice. And I'm not one to, like, go to people's offices and everything. Go into the final meeting, get a conceptual agreement. I sent over the proposal. I get ghosted. And I'm saying... Never again. And I had worked on that proposal with my other business coach. I worked on it with my accountability partners to take a look at it. So I put a lot of time into drafting that proposal to make sure it was good. And I was like, I was going to do podcasting. I was going to do brand strategy with their portfolio companies. And when they ghosted me, I was like, never again. And so I was listening to a podcast. I think it's Philip Morgan. Mm-hmm. Don't know how I came across them. Maybe I was just Googling POVs or something. And I heard about this company called you know, Off the Wall Designs that basically didn't do proposals and would do your whole brand in like a, a, a week. And I ended up falling down uh, your funnel. <laughs> I read your book, listened to your podcast. And next thing I know, I was on a call uh, saying, take my money. So that's really what led me to uh, no BS was the pain of getting ghosted on a proposal. And I knew that that was the ordinary world I was living in. And I never wanted to live in it again. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to never write a proposal again. That pain is real. It's the time that you spend putting into it, but it's also the emotional energy, right? It sounds like you had really connected with these people. You had had multiple meetings with them. Is that right? What does that feel like? I mean, I've I've been there so many times. I know so many people listening have been there. Like, how did you feel when they ghosted you? I mean, you feel like you wasted time, right? So I just thought it was just, you know, I put so much time into that proposal, right? Like working on it. I was all excited about it. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is like a dream client, right? I live in Newark. There's a Newark venture capital firm here. I'm Mr. Entrepreneur. You know, they're doing this stuff. And so um, I was just so excited. And so after that, I was just like, and I'm, I had one of the guys coming on my podcast, got ghosted on that as well. And so at that point, I was just like, man, I got to step it up. I don't want to be that guy. Did you ever hear from them again? I met with the, I heard from the operations uh, person. She was one that made the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a mutual connection. And so we connected on that. But no. Not really. Isn't it amazing? People will do that. Okay, so I I feel you. That is a 
that's kind of devastating. I've had that happen many times. Um, so you came in because you were like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sick of these proposals. And what is this chick doing? <laughs> she's not yeah. doing proposals. She's doing this stuff quick. So I, if I remember correctly, you had a win almost immediately once you joined us. Do you remember that? What I happened? Do. So I'm an autodidact. So I constantly in the literature, I can read, I teach myself everything. I taught myself how to podcast through YouTube, producing podcasts, right? I launched Ironbound Media with a laptop and a microphone from my, you know, one bedroom apartment in Newark. So like, I, that's just my style. Mm -hmm. And I accepted the challenge that you had of even before sign up for No BS, you were like, hey, I want you to book a LP right away, right? So I want you to make this return back for investment in the coaching. So I was like, okay, let's go. So I had a client, I charged for my first LP, that's the lead product. And at the time, I think I called it like the brand sprint or the podcast sprint or something. Mm -hmm. And I just charged a thousand dollars for it. End up doing it with another venture back company. They loved it. But then it was funny because I left some stuff out of the brand pro of the, the, um, the, uh, it's the brand probe now. Yeah. It's the brand probe right. now, but the podcast sprint. Yeah. Like, and they were asking me like, Hey Mike, you mentioned before how you write the show, the show notes and the skeleton. Can you send us an example of that? And at the time, like I didn't have a format for it. I mean, I used a little bit what you gave me, but I kind of added my own little flavor, giving them a taste of what it would look like. But they had started asking me for some additional stuff that I had in there, but that I didn't share with them yet. And so I shared it. Long story short, they took the brand probe and implemented themselves, the podcast sprint. And I was like, all right, well, a thousand dollars ain't enough. I need to up my price on it. And so I start charging twenty five hundred for it. And it was a little uncomfortable at first of like, you know, one, you know, being on with a client, let them know that, hey, you don't do proposals, that you start with an initial engagement that is X price. Right. And the reason I had set it to twenty five hundred was because it was taking me a lot of time to write these. Like mm -hmm. I learned, like writing the first one, it's a different skill set. Right. You're articulating strategy now. And so I needed to justify the, at the time I was spending on it. And I felt like, OK, for twenty five hundred. Right. I can actually give this a good three to four hours, you know, to work on this and not feel like I'm getting cheated. And so that just became the standard and boom, boom, boom. And next thing you know, you know I'm that guy. Right. Like, if you want to work with me, it all starts with the brand probe. And it was funny because I was on with one client. Um, it was like a construction firm or something, some big firm. And we got to the point where they're all excited about launching a podcast. And then we started talking about pricing. And I said, you know, we get started with a brand probe. It's twenty five hundred. And then people start talking like they got marbles in their mouth, you know, and I, I kind of found my confidence, too, because for us as small business owners, right, like we have a stake in the outcome, you know. So a lot of times I think depending on who you're talking to and I, I try to encourage people talk to the economic buyer, you know, typically that's going to be that CEO. Mm -hmm. And in the military, we have a term actuals talk to actuals. So, Pia, I can be a platoon commander mm -hmm. and you can be a squad leader. And if we're going into combat, we're all equals, basically. You know, I don't want to talk to your number two or number three. I want to talk to the squad leader. And so I think in corporate sometimes, you know, when people are making purchasing decisions and buying positions, it's not really their money, you know. So for them, they're, it, they don't understand how important it is for us as like small business owners to, you know, stay capitalized and not work for free. And so I think just doing your program, I've kind of found my confidence around that. And I'm looking forward to getting to the next level. Amazing. Yeah. So you actually sold an elite product out of the gate for a thousand and then turned around and raised it to 2,500 and you've sold yeah. a bunch of them at 2,500. Is that still the price point? That's still the price yeah. point. I've been talking about you. Should I raise it? <laughs> right. And we've had some, some conversations about this because 
I will say that $2,500 is a great price for a, a lead product and it's it's a certain strategy to implement, right? But also you've got a lot of cred with the people that you're talking to. So you're building on that credibility uh, and you're selling high level strategy to them and they already have an understanding of that. Some people in our program, maybe they're talking to people for the first time. I tell them to keep the price point under a thousand, but it's a different kind of thing. You're giving them a full on strategy, not just for their brand, but for their podcast too. Some really actionable stuff. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Another thing that led me to you was I have an acceleration partner, right? And I would tell him that, you know what? I want to be that guy that comes in and do those one day brand strategy workshops or whatever, make five, 10 K, et cetera. Um, and I, basically set my North Star to do two things. I want to be a number one business coach for veteran entrepreneurs, and I want to be the number one brand strategist for veteran entrepreneurs. So if you're a veteran and you're having trouble with your brand, the first stop, I wanted it to be, you know, Mike Stedman and Ironbound Media. And so I saw your program also as an opportunity for me to make that move. Um, but I also realized that there's levels to this. And step one, like when I was on the call with you about like, you know, how many clients do you have in your pipeline? How much are you bringing in on a consistent monthly basis? And I was like, all right, I need to get some foundation here before I start trying to do um, that other stuff. But I will say this. I sold my first full brand strategy client, paid in full, upfront, you know, LP plus uh, the engagement was like 26K, you know, Ooh. paid in full. And what was crazy about that was, you know, we have our little chat going in, in um, no BS and you'll have these lulls as an agency owner. It just comes with the ebbs and flows. But like you say, it's about the year, not necessarily over the month. So like I went through like two or three months where I didn't close a new client and I'm looking at my quarterly revenue and it's down from what it was at the same point in time, like last year. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I, I told Chris, I heard Chris on who's one of the uh, uh, no BS. And one of the things he said was, um, you know, he had a good month. He had done like 18 K or something. And I said, Chris, can you share in the chat or can you share in our group? you know, how you did that. So we wrote it out and that stuff is super encouraging for people. You know, it just kind of shows you what possible. Just keep your head down and keep working. And literally like the next month I had like the biggest month I've ever done. It was like $40,000 or something crazy. Um, and I was texting you about it because all of a sudden you go from having just this large influx of cash. And, you know, for us as agency owners, like we don't really pay ourselves that much, you know, when you're first kind of starting out. And so it's just like, it's just a different level now. So getting used to that being the norm to where like I do get paid 25k upfront for my work. And then you got different problems, right? Cuz I think you I don't remember exactly what you said to me, but you were like, "All right, and now crap, I got all this <laughs> like, all of a sudden I got all this work I got to fulfill on cuz I got all this business." Yeah. Right? Now it's a different challenge and I'm scared I don't want it to break. Right? Yeah. I still want to deliver at a high level. So it's funny you say that too because I was there where I brought on all these clients but like, yeah, you get paid up front, but you still got to deliver. Yeah. Right. So what it also does is I think this is the insight I have from you. This is the aha. We always think scale is growing, right? Like you got to bring on more people. You got to do this. You can also scale just by innovating your business model. Right. So you introduce intensives, you introduce sprints. There's so many different things that you can do. So people assume that I have a lot going on and I do. But it's also I set up the systems to automate the stuff. So, you know, when I get a new podcast client coming in, I have my little team, you know, we set the process up and system and then they're off to the races and they go. Um, and so just kind of learning and playing with that. So thankfully, I've gotten everybody moving. Um, and it was just one of those things of just like and me and you talk about this. It's like leadership, too, because I my 
I have a no BS agency. It's small, right? Um, I think we're like four or five people, nothing crazy. But like getting everyone to move in the same direction, right? Like mm -hmm. that takes a different skill set. Um, and especially when you're doing creative stuff. And like I'm the lead brand strategist, so I can see the vision. But what I've also found is writing those brand probes helps my team because they'll see the vision and then they can go and start implementing it based off the brand probe. So now when we're working with clients, I send them that brand probe and say, hey, this is the North Star that we're working towards. I love that. And, you know, you've got all those systems and you've got this well-oiled machine because you took the time to build it, right? When are you supposed to build it if you're expecting to have every single month have the same amount of work? So that's why the ebbs and flows are so important, right? We yeah. don't necessarily need it to be. And I think this is something, and I might be a part of the problem too, because when I talk to people up front, when I talk about even on this podcast, I'm like $30,000 months. You know what? I'm not saying that we want all of the months to be at a certain level because that would require us to only be working with clients. What I want is for you to make 360,000 over the course of a year, $500,000 over the course of the year. And that can happen with, you know, $40,000 months and then $0,000 months. And you can go up and down and up and down. And that's really what matters because we need time to build these systems that you've so astutely built. One thing too, um, I know I opened the podcast and you asked me, you know, tell the audience about myself and I start talking about my nonprofit because that's how I got started in the entrepreneurship game. And so another thing that attracted me to your program was I'm, you know, I'm a business coach, right? I'm part of other groups. People are scaling bazillion companies. You know, they're mm -hmm. trying to go to the moon. I've already gone through the entrepreneurial hustle with this nonprofit. <laughs> you know, I don't want to manage a lot of people. I've been in combat. I've been managing people forever. I want a small, fun agency that I can run. And honestly, I'm at the point now, too, where, like, I love having an agency. Like, I tell people, like, it's, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. But let's be honest. There are certain business models that are really freaking hard. Like, you want to open a restaurant? Good luck. You know, you want to launch a startup? Good luck. Right? Agency is hard, but you can do it. You know, and once you get good at it, once you get good at the lead gen and the basics, you know, we call it uh, brilliant in the basics, then you can make a nice little sustainable lifestyle for yourself. You can have fun. Like I, I'm energized by all of the clients that I have. You know, there's not one client that I'm like, oh, man, this sucks. I don't want to work with them, et cetera. Right. Like, I mean, I'm working with a CDFI, a local CDFI here in Newark to increase to get more uh, small business loans into local black entrepreneurs. Right. Amazing. Take my money. You know, that's great. I'm working with a national nonprofit around veteran entrepreneur and military spouses to educate that community, working with a local university here, serving veteran entrepreneurs. So, you know, it really is choose your own adventure. And I think that's what a lot of us get into entrepreneurship for. But what I found is the agency model, once you get good at it, it really allows you to do that because it's really just about adding value. We're able to keep our overhead low. We're able to, you know, leverage our creativity. And it's just, it's fun. I just, that's basically, that's the biggest part. That makes me so happy to hear, Mike. And you are having fun. You're working with clients. You are not just excited about the projects, but you're excited about the work that they're doing. And it, it also sounds like it really helps facilitate your nonprofit, which is your, the original idea, yeah. right? Tell us a little bit about the nonprofit. I mean, would you say the nonprofit is at the heart of why you do this? It is. So, um, you know, I mentioned before, I was three-time national champ, two-time most valuable boxer, captain my boxing team at the Naval Academy. I spent a lot of time in inner city gyms in Baltimore, D.C., New York City. And, you know, when you go to the Naval Academy, at the end of the day, we're going to graduate, 
serve our country as officers in the military, and then we'll get out, start our own businesses, work in corporate America, et cetera. Well, in amateur boxing, it's a poor man's sport. So you go inside these these boxing gyms, and that's not the norm. Kids are either, they think their only option is to turn pro or go to the streets, right? So at the service academies, whether it's Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force, you know, boxing is a part of our leadership curriculum. But to the rest of the world, right, again, it's just like a poor man's sport. And so growing up in a single-parent home in Texas, never meeting my father, you know, going to a school where there's not too many people that look like you, um, I was I had more in common with the kids inside these boxing gyms than I did my own peers at the Naval Academy. And so that planted the seed in the back of my head of, hey, when I get out the Marines, I want to start my own amateur boxing program. And since I trained for free at the Naval Academy, I don't believe in charging kids to box. And so when I left the Marines, served five years as an infantry officer, I moved to Newark, New Jersey, have no friends or family here, took a job working at a private school called St. Benedict's and launched a free gym in town, which became the Ironbound Boxing Academy. I set up a whole nonprofit around it. And so, you know, I spent a lot of my time coaching boxing, actually. And so a lot of my media stuff early on, people found out I had the gift of gab, you know. So I was doing some volunteer work with veteran nonprofits around entrepreneurship and then they start putting me on camera. And you know how a lot of these uh, startups, they actually don't have a product. They just got a laptop or something crazy. And they'd be like, oh, tell us about your adventure. I'm like, yeah, I run a boxing gym in Newark, New Jersey. And then I would show them on my phone because we got sick graphics. Y'all can go to our website, ironboundboxing.org, and see it. Literally, every news reporter would be like, we want to come to your gym. We want to come to your gym. So I get a lot of media hits just through the boxing. I mean, I've been on Fox News. Uh, I've been in men's health, men's fitness. Oh, really? Um, the the, the to, gym. The gym, yeah. yeah. Got invited to White House. Um, yeah, you were I at the White the, House recently. Yeah. Tell us about I that. The TV show, too. Um, and I'm actually filming the second half of that TV show today, which is going to be airing on Discovery Channel in Q4. Um, so, I mean, I've just been an ambassador of amateur boxing, really. So the White House was kind of lame. Oh, that was lame. <laughs> A little bit, you know, they just want to sit up there and talk about themselves and, you sure. know, people throw money around. Uh -huh. and, but that's when I had an aha, though. I'm sitting in this meeting and they're talking about how much money they're doing for this, how much money they're giving to that. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I capitalized my own business with a laptop and a microphone. Like, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but like, you know, I've been talking a lot more to Pia about this money mindset, mm -hmm. you know, because one day you look up and you have more money in your bank account than you've ever seen in like your entire life, right? And so of like just dealing with the realities of that and like how to process it. But yeah, I mean, there's a confidence that comes with that. So like I, I'm definitely a half, a glass half full kind of guy these mm -hmm. days, um, just cause I have an abundance mindset. And I tell people, I listen to your podcast a lot. And there was a uh, one episode where you start talking about the day you quit worrying about money was the day you could always make money. You're like, drop me in New York City, I'll spend something up and make $10,000. And so that's the, the angle I'm moving at these days. I love that you picked up on that. That is, to me, one of the most valuable things. It's not the cash in the bank. It's your confidence and your ability to make money. And you have proven, Iron Mike, that you can make a lot of money in a very short amount of time now. Um, I'm really glad you brought up that uh, money mindset thing because I think that when you are when you are struggling to keep up or you feel like even if you've got a lot of money coming in, if it's going right back out and you feel like I'm working so hard for this and it's not quite, it's not quite seeing the results that I'm looking for, it can be very hard to tap into the idea that, well, if I had a lot more money that I, you know, you usually think I'm going to feel differently, but having a lot of money that you're not ex 
you're not used to having can also come with some challenges of its own. What are some things that have, if you don't mind sharing, yeah, like, let's go. what did you, what did you notice that you felt? Was it, I mean, you tell me, I won't, I won't prompt you. <laughs> what did you feel when you started to feel like, whoa, I've got a lot more money than I was kind of expecting. Like what, what, what were the first thoughts that went through your head? All right. So the first thing I will say is confidence because even my nonprofit, right? Like I started that with like, duct tape and bubble gum, mm -hmm. literally <laughs> hung up every heavy bag and everything. I've capitalized both my businesses over $100,000. You know, I raised over $150,000 consistently for the nonprofit during the middle of a pandemic when the gym was closed. How many people, you know, do that? Right. And so the same thing with Ironbound Media. Um, and so first thing was like that confidence then. And this is what I'm focused on this quarter and beyond is like, okay, I got a lot of revenue leakage these days, right? So because of agency model, you can get such a large influx of cash at one time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the most buttoned up when it comes to like tracking everything. Like it drives my girlfriend crazy. Like we'll go out to eat and she's like, they'll ask, you know, do you want the receipt? I'm like, no, I'm good. She's the one that takes the receipt. She loves everything. And so just tightening up because, you know, I probably can save, you know, a thousand dollars more just, you know, if I knew where this money was going, you know, you start subscribing to apps and all these things. So wrapping my head around that. You feel like, well, I've got a lot of money coming in and now I can spend it more freely, but that might right. actually hurt you in the long run. Because as we've said, like the model is going up and down. You can have huge months and some months are slower and you don't want to spend in the huge months so that in the slower months you're in a position where it's like, well, now I got to stress out. Do you start bringing on full-time employees? Right. Like right. those kind of things that you start thinking about. You're like, how do I deploy this cash? Um, right. You, it, immediately going to I got all this cash. Where should I spend it? Correct. And maybe um, taking a step back and slowing down a bit and being like, hey, I can have this cash and not spend it <laughs> until I have a really meaningful way to spend it that I know is going to propel me forward and help me build that business faster and more efficiently. So I need to tighten up there. I think I can be a little sloppy on the, the financial side of the house and not in a bad yeah. way, just in a way like, I don't care. like. Yeah, You know, I because, again, it's like you don't I mean, I've always played it safe. Like there's one thing about Mike Stedman. I know how to stay alive. Uh -huh. Right. I was that guy at the Naval Academy. You could put me in the hardest class. I might not get an A, but I can get that C, whatever it takes to pass. Mm -hmm. And so I've just gotten good at, you know, being an entrepreneur of just staying undercapitalized. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, what's not undercapitalized? What's the word I'm saying? Living below my means. Living below your means. You know? Right. So um, I've always been in a position to maneuver. And there were times, you know, I tell people, you know, um, cash flow, right? You can go to business school, you can learn all that stuff. You don't understand cash flow until you're really living it. And during the pandemic, I picture it as like my muse. He's standing over my shoulder, right? During the pandemic, he was like leaning over me, watching everything. That's how, that was the day I would run out of money. The closer the muse was, was the day I run out of money, you know? And then you start launching your business, you do stuff, he gets further and further and further away. So, yeah, you might run out of money a year and a half from now or something like that. But, like, I understand cash flow. I understand how to just, you know, maneuver. But I want to get tighter, Pia. Like, I want to be a little bit financial ninja, you know. I love it. That's a that's a good thing to aspire to. And listen, for everybody out there listening, you know, most of the people we work with, financial literacy is not one of their top skills for good reason, right? We're creative people. We're strategic thinkers. They don't teach this stuff in school. They don't teach this stuff anywhere. I was just telling uh, our 
our crew on Monday, you know, I was an econ major and I didn't learn any of this stuff. You would think in economics, it's like a money related field, like nothing. And in fact, I have a friend who went to business school. He was like, we're not really learning it the way the practical application that you guys are doing inside your program for small businesses. That's not even what they teach in business school, right? They're talking macro stuff. They're looking at like, it, it's almost hard to apply it to this. Right. So, so to me, and I just told somebody else recently, um, like a former student from way back about our financial conversation. She was like, Oh, I got a whole group of people who could use that because nobody's talking about that cash flow on a, for a small business and what that looks right. like. So right. I'm just saying that because you're not alone, Mike. And like, I think. I love that you want to be a, what'd you call it? Financial ninja? Yeah, financial ninja. I think that that's, that's where it's at. It's aspiring to do it because that's the part that a lot of creatives, I know a lot of creatives who are listening, probably even recoil when they hear that. It's like, oh, I don't want to look at that. But if you embrace it, you're like, yes, I want to know more about this. That's really the most important step because everything else is just, you know, learning it. It's trying yeah. it. It's doing it. But until you actually want to and you don't want to shy away from it, it's never going to happen. So kudos. like you said, design and profitable packages. So we do these podcasts, but man, I could be losing money on some of this stuff, right? Between the cover yeah. art, the hosting and all this other stuff. Like, do I have the wrong price point? You know, I kind of have a number. I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, three months of runway. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. You know. Yeah, exactly. Well, Mike, I'm just so thrilled for everything you've done so far. I'm thrilled to be a part of your journey also because of how much you are taking all of the things you're doing and successes in your business. And then you're, you're using it to support this cause that I know you're so passionate about. Everybody in our, uh, in our community and our program is like rooting you on. Mike's always in, in, uh, various like journals or articles. He's got his book coming out and we're all just like so excited to watch you thrive. And I think it gives a lot of people in our community a lot of inspiration and motivation. So I just want to thank you for really sharing that stuff with us because I know that there are other people in the community who are like, yeah, I want to do this like Mike and you give them energy. And so I just think yeah. that's really amazing. I appreciate it. And that's why you share, right? You share to when, you know, there's certain people out there that see peers, they see people winning and it causes them to kind of curl up, you know, yeah, kind of get envy or you hate. But I think the community that we have, I think when we share, we give people hope, right? Because people see like, oh, it is working. I just got to keep leaning in. And I'm going to tell you something, too. There are two podcast series I listen to repeatedly. It's your one on lead gen, right? You have a podcast episode where you talk okay. about lead gen and making your lead list, et cetera. And I love the authority machine one as well. Okay. Like, so a lot of the listeners, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, everybody needs leads. That's the thing. You, you got to have a constant stream of leads. You got to learn how to work it. Right. And I'm telling you, Pia's got a great playbook on that, on making your lead list. But you got to show up and you got to do it. and You got to work it. You got to work it. So I really encourage you all to dial in that lead list and execute, get it on the calendar and on the authority machine as well. You know, and I think, too, like, yeah, I do public speaking now. I get paid for it. But like when I started out, like you said, like I was starting out, like talking to free nonprofits and stuff. So there's like levels to this game. Last question, Mike, if there's anything you could say to somebody who was like, who's been poking around, they're interested, they're curious, they're not quite sure if now is the time to join us, what would you say to them? It's never the right time. I was just having this conversation. I always have this conversation. So, you know, you mentioned I do a lot. So I'm also I'm a owner in a coaching organization called Flawless Acceleration. 
which was, um, you know, I had a business coach named Bill Watkins. He had a company called The Lions Pride, serving mainly veterans and service academy grads. And he was my coach for three years. Then we became business partners and we launched a new company together uh, called Flawless. And so people always assume that there's this perfect moment to hire a VA, you know, that the stars align and then I wait and I'll hire a VA then. That's not how this game works. You know, you got to manifest your reality today. So just like I said, I didn't want to be the agency owner writing proposals. I wanted to be the guy where people pay me for my thinking. That didn't just magically happen, right? I joined No BS. And honestly, too, you know, it. a lot of the success I've had lately came after like a year in the program, you know? But I just had to keep showing up. I was confident. like, And that's the other thing, too, I'll say, Pia, of like, you know, owning a coaching business, having coaching. I know what right looks like. And so as many I got MBS, I was like, this is right, um, especially the frameworks and stuff that you give people. Um, and so you've got to just you, you've got to learn to think like an entrepreneur. Right. You know, so you make this investment. What's the worst case that happen? All right. You're out of some money. It's not the end of the world. You figure it out. Best case scenario. You're in a whole new ball game of entrepreneur. You got leads coming in. You know, you're charging premium for your services. You got a community. Right. I just think it's a win win. And for every entrepreneur, I always tell them this. Two things I will not go without. A virtual assistant and a coach. And it probably goes coaching first, then virtual assistant. Because it's too hard to go out alone. It's too hard. So all these people. And, you know, there's a whole mental health component, Pia, Mm. that um, we didn't get to. But entrepreneurship is lonely. You know, you get beat up. You're carrying all this head trash around 24-7. And you need support. And so... I'm just just imagine a, a different world for you. And I think that might be the problem for a lot of people is they're stuck in there right now um, and they're frozen. But you got to get your un- self unstuck and you get unstuck by making decisions like joining, you know, no BS. Well, I really appreciate that, Mike. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited for what's next for you and taking this to the moon because, I mean, you're just getting started. I know you're just getting started. <laughs> You've got big plans. Yeah, I'm just getting warmed up. I love it. Mike, uh, where can people find you? They can find you in lots of places. So where's the best place for people to find you? Um, I would say reach out to me on uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm Iron Mike Stedman. I'm the only Iron Mike Stedman on there. I'm easy to find. You can also shoot me an email at mike at weareironbound.com or add me on Instagram to Iron Mike Stedman. If you type in Ironbound Boxing, I'm literally all over the internet. If you type in Dog Whistle Brandon, I'm probably all over the internet too. And I actually wrote a book called Black Veteran Entrepreneur. That's already out. Value your business model, build your brand, and step into greatness. I lay out the entire framework for how I launched Ironbound Boxing, how I launched Ironbound Media, the importance of having a coach, um, and then people are getting a lot of value out of it. So, um, yeah, check me out. I'm easy to find. It's an awesome book, and you give so much value in everything you do, Mike. So thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for not so much for sharing your story. Appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. 